0: Chapter Three of Tilda Jane's Orphans. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Tilda Jane's Orphans by Marshall Saunders. Chapter Three What is the Matter with Grandpa? sissy said hank solemnly i thought you'd got a handful but my word it's more than that it's an armful it's more than an armful hank replied the little girl soberly it's a heartful and we were so smug he said lugubriously gazing about the neat kitchen just like three bugs in a rug tilda jane being wholly taken up with the compliment to herself saw no inelegance in the comparison We were, she said, and will be. Why, you don't think you can stop that mule from kicking? There's no fun in kicking if there isn't anything to kick at. She's fresh from the asylum, Hank. That's so, he said thoughtfully, and he stared at the expiring fire. Seems to me most orphans had kind of tired out parents, said the little girl wistfully parents that didn't stand by their children some parents can't said hank mildly they have poor health or die but those that live for a while said tilda jane wearily our new orphans parents used to beat her before they died she was telling me before you come i mean you came in she ran away to the woods to the indians after giving this information tilda jane fell into a long and painful brown study And Hank, by way of arousing her, said at last, How long do you think parents ought to stand by their children? I mean, how long should they keep them at home before they let them go out into the cold world? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, said Tilda Jane with sudden fire. But as long as they can. It's so hard to grow up, Hank, so hard. Children should have their time there's some folks in this very town said hank agitating for more laws against child labour that is children working for pay they say worn-out children ain't any good to the state while healthy boys and girls make citizens that bring in money they're remunerative in fact i don't know about that said tilda jane with a look on her face as if she was striving to understand him And could not, but I know that God made children. He tells them to play, they ought to have their time for it. Trouble comes soon enough. You're right, sissy. You're right. And now, don't you think you'd better pass on this trouble to someone else? You mean, Perletta? I mean, Miss Garraby. Tilda Jane smiled. I'll do as you say, Hank she remarked humbly but would it worry you if i marched her back to the asylum it's just as you say i often lay no lie awake a spell nights turning over things in my mind said tilda jane thoughtfully i guess i'd be just as wakeful if she went cause she wants to stay don't you know hank you like to see your trouble not worry about it being away off in the dark where you can't get at it you're dreadful disappointed in her though he said sharply well said the little girl impartially i'll not say no if you ask me if i am but it isn't because she hasn't the blue eyes and curly hair i've always hankered for being one that folks never turn to look after in the street hush up tilda you're good and that's better than being blue-eyed and curly-haired. I'm not good, Hank, she said, turning two tearful, dark eyes on him. I have awful ugly feelings sometimes. I just blush at myself. You're good enough for me, he said doggedly. We were trying to ravel out things about Perletta, she said shortly, and I was going to say that it's her inward contrariness that will bother me but unless you say the word stop i guess i'll make up my mind to have and to hold her there's good in her brother all right he said rising and stretching himself and now as the fire has just gone to sleep i guess i'll follow its example i'm tired for we had a lively day at the mill mr waysmith wanted some old accounts you're getting on well aren't you hank the little girl inquired anxiously no trouble and you like your work you bet i do being only assistant the old bookkeeper takes most of the responsibility and i'm glad for mr waysmith is a hard man the little girl shuddered how is he hard hank is he cross for faults he just jumps on us sissy when anything goes wrong i'd rather get under the big saw than face him tilda jane became pale and drawing in her breath she murmured lord help me when i have to march up to him father went to bed some time ago didn't he asked hank suppressing a huge yawn tilda jane with a start called back her wandering thoughts yes he went at half past seven hank she added hesitatingly and her two dark eyes were eager and piercing as she stared at him was your father all his life kind of brooding and droopy like with spasms by turns as he is now oh no said hank lightly tis only since he quit work old folks are like that they're thinking over past days but it seems to me he isn't natural persisted tilda jane how not natural inquired hank good-naturedly but with a careless accent you're such a one to stew over trifles tilda well said the little girl thoughtfully when i come no when i came here he was just like a dear old gun that was always going off when you didn't expect it to there were neither times nor seasons with him i don't call that natural and when he lost that money before you come home i laid it to that but he forgot the sixty dollars he never found and now he is just like he was at first that is about fretting he isn't so ugly to folks oh that's just elderly cussedness said hank lazily yes but what makes it old folks are apt to boil over but he used to be boiled over all the time and now he tries to hide it but i know he's simmering to himself hank shook his head you've got me up a tree sissy wait till i'm almost eighty and i'll tell you the little girl held her breath and looked at him strangely seems as if he must have some load on his mind she said at last in a low voice hank was shrewd enough to catch her meaning now what could my old dad have on his mind he said irritably you're the most aggravating young one tilda if you ain't got any trouble you go sniffing around and make some father's mane improved now he don't fling his crutches at your dogs anymore and he don't yell at you so often i say he's a changed character now why can't you rest on that you don't sleep well said tilda jane wearily no old folks do they don't exercise how can they sleep he calls out in his sleep said the little girl doggedly hank stepped forward and stood threateningly over her now look here young one you sleep with your door shut at night after this do you hear yes she said meekly all day long you're bearing on your pinched shoulders the troubles of this household and soon you'll have the troubles of the whole town of Ciscasset. you've got to stop it if you worry all night as well as all day you'll soon be as lean as a greyhound my father is all right he's got the dinner bell if he wants anything in the night and rings it i'll hear now will you mind me yes hank she said quietly don't you want a piece of pumpkin pie before you go to bed i guess i do sissy is it in the pantry no i put it in the oven to take the chill off and she went to the stove and there's a cup of milk covered up on the shelf over there for you good night i guess i'll go upstairs ain't you going to look after your dogs asked hank curiously tilda jane turned back with a start you must have something pretty brain-scattering going on inside you or you'd never forget your animals remarked hank a little uneasily and neglecting his pie he turned a critical eye on his adopted sister tilda jane aware of his disapproving watchfulness laughed a little affectedly and said never mind me brother hank i feel kind of dreamy tonight. it's that girl he said with a curl of his lip no it ain't i mean it isn't what is it then tilda jane did not reply at first finally she said curtly I hate to lie when it isn't necessary. Seems to me this is one of the times. Hank slowly ate his pie, but his eyes never left her as she opened the door of the substantial wood house that he had had built onto the house since he came home and brought in a small box of straw. Reaching under the stove, she drew out a small semi-blind three-legged crooked-tailed dog and put him in the box then carefully folding up an old blanket she put it on the floor beside the box for a large hunting dog who came and gratefully curled himself up on it now don't you think there's something the matter with those dogs asked the young man ironically seems to me poacher has a kind of far-away look in his eyes maybe he's hankerin' after the deer in the woods up north stop teasing hank said tilda jane pleadingly yet she smiled as she bent over the hound and lifted his velvet muzzle in her hand what became of the man that owned him asked hank suddenly as his thoughts took a new direction mr lucas said tilda jane oh he's all right he's trying to keep out of the woods in winter so satan won't tell him to go and poach again i write him at times to let him know that poacher isn't going to be a backslider either he says his boys are doing fine he makes them go to school but he has promised to let them go in the sawmill where he works next year suppose that other dog of yours there said hank waving his pie crust in the direction of the little box drawn close to the stove that rickety gippy died what would you do i'd cry my eyes out for a while then i'd get another said tilda jane slowly another orphan remarked hank meditatively yes she replied warmly i like the poor dogs and the sick dogs there are plenty to care for the well-favoured ones how old is gippy nobody knows said tilda jane solemnly his muzzle has been white ever since i had him he don't seem to be sleeping well pursued hank slyly as gippy stirred in his sleep and gave a queer little yelp do you suppose that there is something on his mind tilda jane was prematurely old and careworn yet she was still a child in some ways and tenderly shaking the little old dog she burst into sudden laughter wake up gippy there's friends all around you there ain't no i mean there isn't any big dog chasing you maybe he thought his chaser was a cat remarked hank Kippy never quailed before a cat said tilda jane decidedly haven't you seen him run at them tail first then turn around and give a bite yes i've seen him gallop after a mouse so hotly said hank that, that when he'd got on his blindest side he'd go most crazy and then in his excitement he'd eat it and forget he'd eaten it and go on looking for it tilda jane was shaking with laughter i've seen him do that she said lots of times and it's queer for he doesn't favor mice for eating we do lots of thing when we're worked up that we wouldn't do sober remarked hank sententiously poacher who had sprung off his blanket to the aid of the dreaming cur now called the little girl's attention to himself by affectionately pressing his head against her arm my beauties she said caressingly and her glance embraced the two dogs what would i do without you you take solid comfort with those beasts don't you said hank but you like dogs too she said anxiously oh yes i like them but not as you do they're only dumb critters to me now a horse tilda jane sprang up oh hank i forgot to ask you did you get a letter from that man today yes said hank gloomily and he won't let me have my mare back for less than two hundred and fifty dollars oh brother but you'll raise it i've only got one hundred and fifty could you get a hundred anywhere i could save it out of my salary but it would take too long he'll sell the mare the little girl gave a distressed cry we must have her we must have her your pretty milkweed then hurrying to a cupboard she drew out an old sugar bowl lifting the cover she said count my berry money hank count it the young man in a bewildered way drew out some bills from the sugar bowl you didn't get all this from selling berries sissy part of it hank currants were all the fashion this year and we had lots of them then when you were on your holidays i saved some from the housekeeping there's twenty-five dollars here said hank with a kind of solemn joy and grandpa has fifty dollars said tilda jane he saved it for you from his pension just as soon as he heard about your wanting your horseback he began to scrimp father did exclaimed hank and a sudden glow illuminated his face 'Twas you young monkey that put it in his head suppose i did she said stoutly there was reason for it god bless you said the young man warmly you've been the light of this house ever since you came into it if i get that mare you'll never get out of the sleigh or buggy except for meals at this picture of her busy self driving behind hank's beautiful white-streaked mare with only pauses for refreshment tilda jane again burst into such happy whole-hearted laughter that she almost suffocated oh go away hank she exclaimed waving one lean brown hand at him you are so drollish you most choke me hank was not a handsome young man he was stout and decidedly commonplace but in the eyes of his adopted sister he was almost perfect and with a pleased smile irradiating his plain features and whistling softly in order not to disturb his father he tramped off to bed left alone tilda jane tucked her dogs in bed and with a last caress left them to slumber till morning the dogs are all right i'm all right she murmured as she crept out of the room hank is all right that orphan tush she isn't gonna fret me much but poor old grandpa poor old grandpa i'm young and little but i must go to see mr waysmith there is no one else for i see i'll get no help from hank mr tracy could go but i can't run blurting poor grandpa's sorrows all over the place end of chapter 3 recording by john brandon